This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode 706 of the show. More importantly, episode 12 of 365 brand new episodes in 2021. I got an awesome guest for you today. And the reason why I say awesome guest is because he's a productivity expert, trainer, nerd, student, just like me. Peter Keys, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Now, you are calling us from Amsterdam. And theoretically, uh, it should be warmer here in Houston, but it's actually 10 degrees warmer in Amsterdam at 45 than it is in Houston today. And this is insane because it's January 12th and I'm cold. And Peter, I don't like being cold. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I am cold as well. So slightly less cold than you, maybe, but it is a uh, high time for summer, in my opinion. So. Yes, absolutely. So before we get started, uh, why don't you put in context uh, for the audience, who are you and what do you do? Sure. So I like to think of myself as a productivity teacher, which is not at all related to my training. Studied political science and oh. economics in college. Um, went to work as a as a litigation consultant at a consulting firm. Um, you know, helping basically big companies that are involved in litigation save some money. Um, and then I burned out from that, and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't like this job thing. I kind of need to find something to do on my own. Um, started blogging about a bunch of random topics, and one of those topics was productivity. And people started saying, Hey, you seem to like no stuff about productivity. So like do more of that. And uh, eventually I ended up sort of formalizing that by creating some online courses specifically on task management. I would say that's really my thing that people kind of know me for. Um, yeah. And that's how I make a living these days by teaching people how to manage their tasks better and sort of things around that. No, that's amazing because when people ask me how I got into productivity I just kind of stumbled into it. I had lost my job at a corporate America and I became an entrepreneur and I, you know, I wanted to become a speaker, didn't know what to talk about. And one day my coach said to me, he says, well, why don't you talk about productivity? I'm like, I don't know where that came from. Why would you say that? And he, same thing. He said, well, you, you're, you're so productive. Why don't you teach the world? And so, you know, I had to get fired from my job. You got bored of your job or burned out. And it's fast. I'm fascinating how people find their careers. Utterly fascinating. So thank you for sharing that with us. So you're in the task management. Now I, I'm going to be very interested to find out your approach to task management, because let me, let me ask you this question first. One of the problems I think people do right Yes, I did say problem, and they say do right. Is yeah, that sounded captured? weird. <laughs> they, yeah, well, I'm a weird guy, so just, just roll with it, Peter. So I always tell people, capture the stuff out of your head, okay? So they do that. They capture it, and they put it on their to-do list, but it just sits there, and they put more stuff on it and more stuff on it, and they never triage it. They never do anything. So they're doing half of, the, half of what we teach them to do, capturing the thoughts, because you don't want to keep the stuff in your head. But then if you don't do anything with it, but just sits there, and then gets more tasks piled on top of it, as I said, well, that becomes utter chaos. So how do you approach task management? That is such a familiar thing that I hear all the time from my students or people you know, watching my YouTube videos or whatever. Um, and it's discouraging, right? So people get the hang of what, exactly what you're saying. Let's, whatever I have an idea for something to do, I'll write it down. The problem is our brains are so good at coming up with ideas of things to do. So if all you're doing is like writing everything down and you don't have some system to deal with that, you're just going to have a list that gets bigger and bigger. And for a lot of folks looking at a list that, that just is always growing, a to-do list that's always growing, it's very discouraging. And people abandon any sort of effort to deal with it. And before you know it, you're back to just sort of whatever people are emailing you about is what you're working yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, because then you become reactive instead of proactive. And you and I both teach 
productive and proactive have pro in the beginning. So if you want to be a pro at this, you got to be proactive. And so walk us through some of the tips you deal with your students and your clients about they come to you as they come to me and they're like, okay, um, I'm lost. I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm capturing everything. But now I got like 5,000 things on my list because I'm sure there's more than one person listens to this episode today that they have a nice app. They have a nice uh, bullet journal and they're recording everything. But it just becomes overwhelming. And as you said earlier, they just wind up quitting. So I kind of divide it into three steps. The first one is what do you want to do and why do you want to do it? That's, that's like the direction where you're going to go. The second one is how are you going to do that? And the third one is when are you going to do that? Because a lot of people have, have some sense of what they want. Um, but if all you're doing is like making a list of goals, and this is topical, we're at the start of 2021. So a lot of people are like, New Year's resolutions or like, these are my goals for 2021. That's great. <laughs> but if you don't then take the next step and ask yourself, how am I going to achieve these goals? Then you're not going to move anywhere. And of course, after you know the how, then you've got to have some system for deciding when you're going to work on it because you cannot work on everything at once. So you're going to have to prioritize, like you're saying, you have to triage um, and you got to make a plan. So I like to lean on my task manager to do this where this is how I teach people. You basically divide your life into a bunch of areas, money, relationships, um, fitness, right? And then in each area, you know, what are the really actionable steps, super actionable steps that you want to do um, to reach your goals? And so those could be small tasks, you know, could be like clean up the kitchen counter or something like that. Or those could be really big things like renovate your kitchen, right? And if it's a big thing, it's more like a project that has a bunch of steps. So I like to get really specific with people on what are the action steps. Because I find that once people know that, that solves most of the problems. Some people are still going to struggle with procrastination and stuff. But for a lot of people going from what do I want to achieve to how am I going to achieve it? That's where the big breakthrough happens. Well, one word you said that I want to make sure people don't miss is the first step. You said what and why a lot of people have an idea of what the what is, but why are you going to do that? And when people say, well, I want to do this. I'm like, why? And they just look at me. They're like, um, I'm supposed to. And no, you, you had to find out your why, because I think you and I are in agreement on this. If you don't know your why, then I think you should not even worry about the how and the when, because because it, it may not be a strong enough why, and you may determine, I don't need to do this task after all. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. It's The why is a tricky bit, and especially in the space of productivity. Um, by the way, where I see a lot of men, I, I don't see enough women talking about productivity, at least in my field. And um, I want to see more of that. It's often men... A lot of the times, also people that are more technically inclined or analytically minded. And so a lot of people talking about productivity totally ignore emotions, totally ignore feelings. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times why we want to do things relate to our emotions, relate to our feelings. So if you have a certain goal of wanting to make a certain amount of money, okay, that's great. We can put a number on that, you know, whatever. Um, We can come up with some action steps. But like you're saying, it's so powerful to understand the why. Why do you want this? Is it because... It's some kind of validation for you, right? Or is it just because you're just challenging yourself? I mean, you're bored and you need a challenge, right? So thinking about the why and especially what is the emotion behind it? What's the feeling that I'm trying to create? Do I want to feel proud of myself, right? Or do I just like um, need a bit more of an edge to my days, right? To not sort of have every day be the same. Understanding that helps you formulate your goals in a very precise manner. Um, It will help with the how also and it'll be motivating, just reminding yourself of the motivation for your goals really helps with actually taking the action versus putting things off and dealing with, like you're saying, 
um, whatever's coming at you. So being reactive. Yeah. I, I always teach people that when you people talk about goals, especially the start of a new year, I said, well, you got to start with your why. I think the why feeds the goals, which feeds your plan. So what are you going to plan? Well, you should plan what is part of your goals, the needle moving activities that are going to move you towards your goals. Well, what are your goals? Well, why do you want to achieve those goals? And so I think why goals and plans is very important. But I also think people don't stop enough to slow down. They they they're doing something because they saw it online or they saw their friends doing it or they're reading a book and they don't stop and go, okay, I hear what that person's saying, but does that resonate with me? And I see so many people that are they're using this app and then, oh, this is the next shiny object. And then they do this. And then they, oh, they're going to do this journal. Then they're going to do this. I'm like, slow down and think about what resonates with you. I mean, I you probably are a reader. I see a lot of books behind you right now. You're probably an avid reader as I am, but you don't agree with everything in every book you read unless you wrote the book. Is that a fair assessment? Of course, of course. And sort of my philosophy is trial and error. And productivity is a field that really lends itself to sort of putting on your scientist hat and saying, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. This sounds like a way that I can be more productive, more organized, you know, get more done in less time or something. Um, but then try it, you know, and, and try it for a while, really commit to it. I always like to say, if you think of a new productivity technique, you got to try it at least two or three weeks. Okay. Give, yeah. give it a like, real fair shot. Um, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. There could be all kinds of reasons why, you know, some people's calendars are so full. They can, they, their problem is they cannot find time on their calendar to do things. Other people, they have nothing on their calendar. They just procrastinate all the time. Mm-hmm. So for those two different people, they need different solutions to their problems. Um, completely agree with what you're saying. And yeah, I think trial and error is the way to find out what works for you. It's just a, a run experiments. Hey there, it's Mark. And I will coach you for less than $2 a day. Plus, give you access to a group coaching call every single month. For more information, visit MrProductivity.com. Yes. I, I always tell people when we get into planning, I always tell them to allow your calendar to breathe. In other words, don't have a uh, event from 9 to 9.30, 9.30 to 10, 10, 10 30, 10 30 to 11. Allow your time to breathe. Why? Well, that call is going to run over. Your internet's going to go out. You know, things are going to happen. And I think if you look at a bridge, if you've ever gone over a real big bridge, it has these things that look like a zipper throughout the bridge. And so if it gets cold and it gets warm, the bridge contracts and dilates. If it didn't have it, the bridge would collapse and fall down. We need to take that same concept and put it in our schedule. We need to allow ourselves time to breathe. So let's say you have a task and you say, you know what? It's going to take me 75 minutes to do this task. Well, then I would put 90 minutes on your schedule because now you get 15 minute breathing room. Do you agree with that? I would for people whose week is really calendar driven. So that's, that's something that I I totally agree. There are people who way over plan and that also is demotivating, right? If you're, you're constantly going to feel like you're behind. um, And, but I also see people who they're, they can be very creative when the motivation strikes, but a lot of the time they're dealing with procrastination. So it's not, that's not necessarily their problem. So I think that is, Absolutely true for, you know, I'll get people that are sort of like executives, you know, like joining my courses and they've got a thousand things going on. They're the ones with the most tasks in their task manager and the most projects set up and stuff, right? For those people, it's like, yeah, just exactly what you're saying. Slow down, add space, ask yourself, why is this on my calendar? Does this need to be on my calendar? So um, great solution, although I wouldn't want, you know, 
every single person to to think about it that way because it's again it's like a solution to a unique problem. That's fair. I, I agree with that. A thought that popped into my head when you were talking there is Bill Gates has his day scheduled in seven minute increments. This is driving me utterly crazy. I I cannot imagine switching tasks every seven minutes. Does that does the thought of that cause you overwhelm? Because it certainly does me. So I would not be able to deal with that at all. I'm actually not a super calendar driven person. I like to work on where my energy is at the moment. That works most of the time. It doesn't work always. For example, right now I'm running a live program for some people and you've got deliverables. You've got to show up at the right time. So there, there are calendar events that are things that need to happen. But as much as possible, I like to think if I'm feeling super tired right now, maybe I didn't sleep well and whatever. Maybe it's not a hard thinking day. Maybe it's a day for like running through a bunch of little errands or something like that. And then I'll make sure that I get a better night's sleep tonight. And then I wake up tomorrow and fresh. And first thing I do is start working on a really hard task. Um, yeah. And one of the people that I'm currently working with is actually a former professional uh, football player. And it was very interesting because he said that when he was playing in the National Football League, he had that same thing where his, his day was scheduled down to the minute for him. You know, So someone else is like, okay, show up at 10, work out until 11. Then from 11 to 11.15, you drink your shake. And then after that, you have like 10 minutes to shower and stuff. And that actually helped him get a ton done. But now that he doesn't have that structure anymore because he's out of the league, um, he, he's having to do those things for himself. So someone like Bill Gates probably also has people making his schedule for him. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a whole team of people around you that can schedule your day down to the, maybe that works. Um, but for mere mortals like you and me, <laughs> I think <laughs> that is probably just going to be super stress inducing because um, you got to, you know, like Bill Gates is not doing a lot of admin tasks, right? He's got people right. to do those things for him. So it's just a very different situation. Exactly. One of the things uh, I plan my whole week, I, I take the p- page from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and I plan my entire week on Sundays. But here's the thing. You said something very key, and I want to make sure the listener doesn't miss it, that if I get to a point where I'm like, you know what, I've got scheduled right now, like say content creation, and I'm not feeling it. Well, then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to change some things around. Now, I won't change podcast interviews around. I won't change uh, coaching clients around. But for most of the stuff on my calendar that's not uh, does not require my immediate attention, like the examples I just mentioned, then I'll say, okay, I'm not feeling it. I'm going to go for a walk right now. And so I, I think you brought up a good point because I think you should plan your day because I think my biggest fear is a lot of people listening to this conversation, if they see large chunks of white space on their calendar, <laughs> they may go surf social media for a little bit and three hours goes by. And so I'm like, okay, well, if you want to read a lot, then put reading on your schedule and it, the block comes up and you don't feel like reading. Well, it's okay. You can move it around or delete it, but at least you go through the emotions of saying, I'm going to set an intention of reading. Like I try to read for two one hour chunks during the day because I found out a lot of highly successful people read a lot. And so I want to be highly successful. So I read a lot. But to your point, if I'm not feeling it, I don't sit there and go, well, it's on my schedule. I'm going to read no matter what, because that's kind of silly. Yeah, I love what you're saying about the intentionality of it, right? So um, it's great to have that intention. And it also, what you're describing is essentially like making a complete calendar, right? You're you're planning your whole week, or at least maybe folks will plan only their working hours of the week. Um it forces you to ask why, like, wh- why is, th- is this on my calendar? Why am I reserving a time for this? But so I think for many people, um, asking that question also, how am I feeling right now could really add a lot of value. Again, there are going to be people for whom, you know, 
maybe they make excuses too often. So this is a, a bit of self-awareness that people need to have as well. So I know for myself that I push myself hard enough. So if I'm not feeling it, I can definitely take an afternoon off. That's fine. I can go for a walk. I like to do that as well. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But, you know, maybe someone else has a different problem where they like for them, it really helps to like totally plan their calendar ahead. So um, I think asking the why and also having the self-awareness to know, um, am I procrastinating right now? Or do I truly need a break is really, really key because there's kind of a fine line between those things yes, that makes all is. the difference. <laughs> you know, that's a very good point is uh, uh, there's a lot of hidden uh, procrastination we deal with. Let's say like I'm a big bullet journaler. OK, so let's say I'm teaching someone how to be a bullet journaler. And they go, OK, I'm going to go look on Amazon. I'm going to spend hours looking for a bullet journal. I want to find the right pen. That's procrastination because you can use any notebook. You can use any pen. Right. When you go look for the perfect journal or you want to find the perfect case for your phone or you want to find the perfect wallpaper, that's procrastination. I mean, you have to do some research, but you, you said it very well. Very fine line between doing the research and now you're procrastinating. You agree with that? Yeah, so the way that shows up for my students, my task management students, is reorganizing their task manager. Uh. That's the equivalent <laughs> of picking the nice pen. And so... I this happens so often. So now it's got to the point where my courses I'm telling people, okay, you're going to have most likely the urge to rearrange this 12 times. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just run with this for a while. Evaluate it for a few weeks. Um, that is, it's it's very destructive um, to constantly be working on those small things. I remember working with a coach a few years ago. And at the time I was doing what um, she referred to as entrepreneuring, which is very fun. That's when you want to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> but you're not doing anything about it. So I was okay. consuming a lot of content online about, um, you know, reading how to build the perfect sales page without having a product to sell, right? Um, or uh, optimizing the typography on my website, which nobody was visiting. Um, not that I have anything. I love typography. This is sort of a side hobby of mine now, you know, um, but it makes more sense to work on those things now that I have actual things to sell to people, right? So my priorities are wrong. But my coach was very good about saying, okay, are you maybe just procrastinating by consuming information? And that's exactly what you were just thinking, what you were just saying. And yep. it reminded me of that because switching out the pens or finding the perfect bullet journal or whatever. I mean, if you've already been successfully bullet journaling for three years, yeah, sure. Find yourself a nicer one. That's totally fine. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's just so common. <laughs> well, Tony Robbins says that when you make a decision, the first thing you should do is do something, some action, no matter how small it is, because it, it fortifies the decision in your head. If you're going to go, I'm going to start bullet journaling. I'm going to start using this app. But then you just go watch the football game or you go watch TV. Well, then you haven't cemented that decision. Um, what I think is really interesting is when you mentioned about topography and the color, I had one person oh, about three years ago say, you know what? The color scheme on your website is kind of, it's not, it's not pleasing to the eye. And I remember saying to them, this is like three years ago again. And I said, but no one's come to my website. So it could be like the most boring colors in the world. You know, to your point, if I, I could spend time making my website look real pretty, or I could spend time putting content on it. It's going to draw traffic. And then I can change the, the the color of the website and the font and stuff like that. But a lot of people use it as busy work. Well, you can be productively busy, but just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. And it took me a long time to understand that. But I want to talk to you about apps because you sound like you're a task manager. You're, you're, you're a task management guy. You like apps. I've heard so many people 
they say that, you know, I'll confess, Mark, here's my problem that I have all these things on my to-do list for today. And it's really easy to go check, 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 move to tomorrow and then move to the next day and move the next day. And I just sit there. Could we do Google meet calls so I can see him? I'm like, and the purpose of that is what? And they go, well, I, I want a clean inbox, but it's kind of like if you have a really bad inbox on your email and you hit select all delete or select all an archive, you haven't changed the behavior. You just like clean the inbox. So you haven't changed the behavior. So talk to us about those people who just think it's okay to keep moving these from day to day to day to day. And they're not taking any action. It, obviously it's a form of procrastination. One of the benefits of being a subscriber to my email newsletter is you get access to free weekly training from me. To sign up for my email newsletter, just go to mrproductivity.com. It is, it is. And it's a problem that I see frequently. Um, people like to say, these are the 14 tasks that I'm going to work on today. Uh, they'll complete six and the other eight roll over to tomorrow. But they already planned some tasks for tomorrow. So there's not like whatever, uh, I left eight or something eight, tomorrow. Yeah. No, there's going to be like 25 tomorrow. You know, <laughs> And so this problem just keeps getting worse and worse. Um, and reality does not match expectations sometimes. That's totally fine. That's just a thing. That's what you were saying with adding space, breathing space in your calendar. It's the same thing. Um, if you notice yourself consistently selecting more tasks to work on today, right? Putting them on today in your task manager and you don't get to it, then maybe you need to scale back a little bit. Um, this is why I really like task managers, which let, which have a dedicated view to seeing what is everything that makes sense to work on right now. One view where you can be like, huh, these are all the things I could be doing right now. So all I teach people is every morning, or if you want to do it the night before, whatever, or if you want to plan weekly, whatever, regularly, look at your list of things you could work on select some things to work on, schedule those for certain days, and then work through the list. At the end of the day, if you haven't finished all your tasks, just remove them from the today list and start again tomorrow morning. Look at what are all the things that make sense to work on. So um, I used to do this myself. For like three months, I'd have one task coming up in today. every. And it's like, at some point, you got to be honest with yourself and be, there's a reason this is not happening. <laughs> what is this reason? Why am I procrastinating? It could be all sorts of things. Maybe it's not a well-defined task. Maybe it's, just, it's not your task. It's something that someone else wants you to do, but you don't really want to, it could be all kinds of reasons. But um, by re, by, by completely clearing it out at the end of the day. So not checking everything off, but just clearing that list and doing the planning process from scratch forces you to be more conscious about your plan. Yeah. It's kind of like the person who has on their to-do list that I have to reply to an email and they move from Monday to Tuesday to Thursday to next Monday, the next Wednesday. Okay. At some point, you know, it's, it's pointless to reply to the email. That's one of the reasons why I actually, I, I still use things three a little bit, but I kind of like put my task in the bullet journal because what I find for me, number one, it slows me down. But number two, am I going to really write this same task over and over again for 40, 50, 60, 70 days in a row? No. At some point I'm like, am I ever going to do this? I mean, it may be important, but if it's been like three, four days, I haven't done it. I do exactly what you say. I'm like, am I really ever going to do this? How important is it? But I, that's one of the benefits I like about the bullet journal with like things three, you can just go tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And you're not really constantly doing it because at some point it becomes autopilot. You select all, move to tomorrow. And then of course, 25 from today, you could add the 25 tomorrow. Now you have 50, then you have 75 and it becomes overwhelming. Because then you're like, I'm never going to get any of this stuff because you're not doing what you say. You're not prioritizing. You're not saying, okay, what can I really get done today? 
and everything else, maybe put it in someday or another day. But I think people are not being realistic when they build their to-do list or task list. They're just saying, well, maybe I'll get to it. And, he, and, and I want you to address that. But I also want to talk about how I, I plan. I tell people that let's say you're going to work eight hours tomorrow. Okay. And you already have four hours on your schedule. So eight minus four, we'll keep the math real simple for the show is four hours. So you got to fill those four hours. And that's where I go to my task list. Okay. What can I do that's on my task list? That's a priority that can fit in the four hours. What a lot of people do is they don't look at the calendar and the task list today or together. They just like, well, I guess I'll do these few things. I'll do these two minute things. Well, are those the important things? Or is maybe working, you know, writing a thousand words for your book important? And that's why I think you need a system that is all together. Now, you cannot, if you're someone who's totally new to any form of task management, you cannot build this system overnight. It's just not going to work. So it takes time. But um, your task manager, to be effective, has to actually have a list of the tasks and projects that matter to you. They have to be related to your goals. So that's where I start with people. And again, it's like the what and the why. So you've got to know what you want, why you want it. You've got that have to that represented, whether it's in your bullet journal and your task manager, it doesn't matter, somewhere uh, as actionable steps. And then you've got to consciously plan those actionable steps, like you're saying with your calendar in hand, because on some days, like I know, you know, this afternoon I'm recording a podcast with you. Okay, that means I'm not going to get as much other work done this afternoon as I otherwise would. So it's got to be realistic. So it, it goes hand in hand that way, task lists and, and calendars. Um, but yeah, it, it all starts with having an, a list of things that accurately reflects what it actually is that you want to accomplish. If that's not the case, your whole system is doesn't work, it will collapse yeah, then you get what you're saying. Let me just randomly do some tasks just so that I, I felt productive. I checked five <laughs> things off, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't you can't do three hours worth of work in a half an hour. And I had a client a number of years ago and she did a lot of writing. And and I'm like, I finally got her to the point of planning. But then she goes, It's not working. I'm like, what's not working? She goes, Well, I don't have enough time. And I'm like, how long does it take you to write? She goes, Well, three hours. How long did you allocate for? An hour. I think we found the problem. You can't do three hours of writing an hour. And so once she started allocating like three one-hour blocks, your kit worked. But you got to know how long something's going to take you. You have to know your priorities. So spot on. Well, Peter, we talked a lot today. Before we wrap up the show, I always like to do this thing called Mic Swap, where I allow you to be the host of the Mark Stachowski podcast. You do not have to say my last name. So I want to I want to relieve that stress from you right now. Thank you. You can just say, Mark. Uh, so you can ask me one or two questions. It doesn't have to be about productivity. Just don't ask me for my social security number, credit card numbers. So I hand the microphone to you, sir. Great, Mark. I have an interesting question for you. In productivity, we talk a lot about outcomes, about objective things. So people are like, did you achieve your goal? Yes or no? How many of this thing did you did this year? How many tasks did you check off today? Um, so those are very objective, analytical, hard numbers. Um, but I want to ask you, how productive do you feel? Every day? On average. Okay. I Now, if you would have asked me this five months ago, I would say on a scale of one to 10, about a four or five. Because when you're an entrepreneur, especially a solopreneur, we're control freaks. And my wife was furloughed. She worked in the travel industry. So she was furloughed uh, last March. And here's a, here's a perfectly capable woman, very intelligent, college educated. And I was doing everything with my podcast, everything with my videos. Every, I was doing everything. And I was under a lot of stress. And I was doing a lot of busy work. I wasn't being productive. 
So now I brought her on to my team about two, three months ago, and she does all the stuff on behind the scenes. So I can focus in my zone of genius, if you want to use that. So now I would say I'm really productive because when I create my plan, it's really like what needs to get done today? What do I need to be focused on? And most importantly, what can I do? Because my wife, Michelle, she'll do the podcast you know, processing when I'm done. That's not what I should be doing. What I should be doing is a great interview with you. I should be creating other content. I should not be doing the stuff on the peripheral. So right now, I would say I'm pretty doggone productive every day. I love that. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> you have another question for me, sir? Um, how many hours do you schedule per day? Because you said you're a big fan of scheduling things. So would you say that you schedule a normal work week, nine to five? Or do you say, you know what, if I can really do stuff for four hours a day, that's enough? Well, on my calendar, my work hours are nine to four Monday through Thursday and one to four on Fridays. And I stick to that because I really believe you need to work hard, but you also need to enjoy life. You need to spend time with your wife and your kids and go do things like I'm on daily runner and stuff like that. So you need to, it's okay to watch television. I know it's hard for people to hear a productivity guy to say that, but it's okay to watch television as long as you did work during the day. I mean, if you just watch TV for 14, 15 hours a day, you got a problem. And don't tell me you're watching documentaries on Netflix because it, it, you're learning stuff. You got to take that knowledge and go learn it. And so I, I believe we should all have office hours. And so many of us, uh, because of COVID, we're working from home and we don't have office hours. The, the family time blends in work time. I think you need to have work hours and you need to have family time and you need to have time for personal development where you go read a book or take a course or watch a webinar. You need to do this stuff. And so, yeah, I do schedule certain hours like nine to four and I do take a full hour for lunch and I will take an hour for lunch and I will sometimes read. Sometimes I'll watch a video on YouTube. I, I, I do. If, if, if I, if you tell me, listen, if you don't work 95, a hundred hours a week, you can't ever be a multi multimillionaire. I'm okay with that because you know what, Peter, I'm happy. Right. I'm happy right now. That's the most I, important thing. Yeah. And a lot of people I know, I know personally, not just on social media, I know personally are multimillionaires and they're not happy because they're working all the time. I'm like, they can't go to the ball game. They can't watch TV. They can't have fun with their family because they're always working. I'm like, are you happy? No, I'm not happy. Well, you own the company, so you can do whatever you want, but I, I'm working on it slowly. So thank you for those two questions. Very, very awesome questions. So the last question I have for you is where can we go to find out more about you and what you do? Sure. Super easy. PeterUckies.net is my website. That's my landing base. So we talked a bit about task management today. So if people are kind of curious um, what my philosophy on task management is, they can just go to PeterUckies.net, sign up to my email list. I send weekly emails, but more importantly, I'll send them a few emails just introducing my philosophy on task management, sending them some 10, 15 minute videos that they can watch, which I really try to keep those as short as possible to teach people the basics. <laughs> um, so that's a great entry point into my philosophy. I love that. And I'm fascinated by the number of productivity people have on the show. And no one has ever come on the show and being exactly agree with me on everything I say, which is cool because we all have our different ways of things. And of listener, you need to figure out what works for you. So Peter gave you his thoughts. I gave you my thoughts. And then you say, I'll take a little Peter stuff, a little Mark stuff, and I'll make my own thing because when you own it, you'll use it. So Peter, thank you so much for being on the show today. Awesome to have you on. Thank you very much. Hey, 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 don't leave this episode yet. I have a very important announcement for you. 
I want you to go to mrproductivity.com right now and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely for free. It's my gift to you. And while you're at mrproductivity.com, I want you to click on the tab that talks about my digital productivity coaching program. I call it DPC. This program is incredible and I'm super excited about it because one, via a dedicated app, you get daily, yes, daily coaching and accountability prompts from me and the ability to ask me questions, short questions in the app. You get a live group coaching call every single, well, month with me. Third, you get access to a DPC members only community online, and it's not a Facebook group. And fourth, you get replays of all the group coaching calls and my Saturday morning trainings. Now, my Saturday morning trainings are free, but there's no replay. But DPC members get access to the training, to the replays, part of their membership. Now, what's this cost you? You may think thousands of dollars. No, it's $49 a month. That's less than $2 a day. So check out the digital productivity coaching program and grab the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs at my website, mrproductivity.com.